But I think the biggest thing is you look at something right now, like the U.S. women's national soccer team. Yeah. And, and if you're looking at dollars for, you know, advertising and viewership versus the men, yeah. like how can you not? And, and so it's one of those things like, yeah, and none of this stuff is easy. Nothing yeah. that ever has happened in terms of civil rights or progress has been. Right, right. But that shouldn't Maybe stop like us from trying. Decide decide on the value first. Like right. you know, it's it's um, we do this a lot in class. Ethics versus morals, or you know, your ethic is sort of the social value, the cultural value. We all agree or mostly mm-hmm. agree on this, and then morals are individually what you think. You know, right. and your morals may not match the society's ethics and all that. Um, but it's like we could probably agree that people should be paid and treated equally, mm-hmm. fairly, all the rest. And then you got to work on the details, which is where it would get hard. Um, all right, so for the women's soccer, since you brought it up, <laughs> I actually I haven't written anything for the website in a couple of weeks. I've been putting a lot of time into doing these recordings and figuring all this stuff out. But the last thing I did, and I ended up not posting it because I didn't know how to finish it, was looking at the pay issues. And I have no idea what to do because in the United States, especially in years like just what, last year or whatever, um, when the men's team doesn't even make it mm-hmm. to the World Cup, like you don't even make it into the, the final tournament, yeah, the women should be making a lot more money, yeah. right? But then when you look at it like from FIFA's perspective or when you do like the international thing, most countries' women's teams don't attract that viewership. Right. And so like I started off like writing this thing and like linking articles, and I'm like, pay them. And then the more I looked at it, I'm like, pay them, but... <laughs> Because, like, the money isn't really there, you know? Right. And so, like, I got so I got so turned around on it. Like, my mind changed yeah. ten different times that I have an article saved with, like, all this research LinkedIn, and there's just nothing at the end. Because I'm like, I have no idea. Like, why should they be paid more? So, I'll... Same thing Or any part of the crap I just spewed. Right. <laughs> like, and, like, reading articles, like, you just get so much more information than you just start to question. But there's yeah. this great interview with Megan Rapinoe, um on Pod Save America after they won and where she talks about it and the lawsuit that's currently ongoing isn't against FIFA, it's against US Soccer. US yeah. Soccer Federation. And um, you know, when they talk about that paying, a lot of it is like advertising dollars and viewership and jersey sales, which the women are just like exceedingly more the men in that revenue. And it is. I you know, I I don't have that yeah, answer, I mean, but yeah, like she had a lot of great information yeah. being and, and, and in, in that in that regard, like what would probably make the most sense and may, may, maybe it wouldn't, but I think what would make the most sense where you sort of make all sides a little happy. Like I say this all the time that we're, we're we've gotten very bad at compromising like mm-hmm. as a culture. And it's, it's because we think that compromise is supposed to make everyone happy. And I personally think that compromise is about making everyone equally unhappy, <laughs> but with an end result that's a little bit better than you have now. Right. In the end, we're at least a little bit better off than we are now, and everybody has approximately equal things to complain about. Like, don't think about how happy you'll be. <laughs> is it better, you know? And so, but a compromise would just be like, pick a percentage. You know, players, men, women, whatever, take in X percent of all the revenue, jersey mm-hmm. sales, advertising, television contracts, whatever. And then that way, if women have better viewership, or they get that money. If men have it, they get the money. 
but then you, you don't necessarily have to argue it. You just say, here's the number yeah. and get good and popular, you know, and, and I'm sure that's not a perfect solution, <laughs> but I think it makes everyone equally unhappy, yeah. you know. Um, and there was the one fact I didn't know. Uh, there was this funny interview with Hassan Minaj and some of the women's soccer players and that the men get paid if they lose the women do not yeah yeah and if you look at the figures <laughs> right. um it's that's like a you know yeah maybe when i post this i can like i won't use my trash article that i can't figure <laughs> out but i can like there's some sources that i have that show the direct pay comparison and it's insane mm-hmm. some of them you can't explain with international money and the rest and yeah. some of them just you you can't really mm-hmm. and like those are the places where you really have to do something because like if you can't explain the disparity, then there shouldn't be one, yeah. you know. Or if you have to work too hard to explain it, then that shouldn't be there. There are some cases again where you start looking at the international money. Like I understand how that can play out differently. Um, all right, so I'm gonna just one more thing on that because this yeah. is, this is really where I got stuck. Um, I've been doing a lot of this in my AP classes is teaching kids not to accept premises. Like, just don't accept the premise of someone else's argument because you end up arguing these details and maybe you disagree with the broader thing. And so the question is, should men and women be paid equally for, you know, for for soccer? Yes or no. But then you say, well, why would they be paid differently? Well, they're playing different games. Should we divide men and women's sports? Ah. Should they be playing separately at all? This is a really... um interesting topic and one my husband and I have been recently talking about. So last year I went to South Africa. Um, I got to take chaperone eight students for this girls leadership summit. Awesome. And um, it was all these amazing speakers and one was a sports psychologist and she was talking about Castor Semenya who's a South African yeah. runner. And so it just and in her discussion it, it brought up so many questions because it's like what is the premise and dividing things based on sex and gender and so you know I said to my husband um, like we cannot deny that there are differences biologically between men and women yeah there are huge differences especially in the average I mean there's always overlap and that's the question like there's a sliding spectrum there are some women that absolutely could compete with the men Mm mm-hmm the question is, is it enough to make that actual fair access to play a game in the rest? And that's actually the Castor Semenya yeah. dispute. I wrote a short thing about right after the, the court ruled and then realized that most major news organizations were not fully reporting the situation. Like They didn't actually address her biology, right. which does change. Like, at first I thought, what an outrage. How can they tell her she can't compete as a woman and do all the rest? And then, like, oh, but like biologically she really is intersex like she if you just did a blood test you would think that's a man right and so that's a that's a very tricky and very specific situation mm-hmm. i think the conversation like everyone took it to this broad thing and it's like that cool court ruled on something very specific yeah. and they tried to be as delicate and respectful as they could in it like i read the whole thing like um but in that situation like where should she be competing Right. And so, you know, I threw it to students near the end of the school year. I had, I, in my public speaking class, we had some extra time, and there were a few girls who played varsity lacrosse and soccer. And I just said, you know, why do we do it? Why do we separate men's and women's sports? 
And for some of it, it was, it's the patriarchy, you know, and, <laughs> and in some cases they pointed out little things like, you know, you say, well, men and women can't compete in say like the discus or shot put like track and field because they're different weight. Mm-hmm. It's a different weight. But I was like, but we made that rule. Like it's a sport. You literally make up all the rules. Right. You just change the rule and everyone can do it. And, and one of the girls said, and she's great. I taught her in AP 11th grade and public speaking 12th grade. And she said, my, she goes, I don't know about the professional stuff, she said, but if you're thinking about youth sports in high school and maybe even through college, she said, if you only had one team, so few young women would make the team that you'd be missing out on all the other things that come with sports. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like most of these kids in high school aren't playing professional. Most of them aren't playing in college, right. you know. But you learn, some kids learn more in their after school activities than they actually do in the classroom, oh, yeah. right? And so I would never want to deny that opportunity. And so it makes sense to do that division. When you're a professional and you're being paid, like, should at the international or professional thing, like, should we just throw everyone together? Like, my gut reaction is no, but I don't know why I'm saying that. Like, And I think it's interesting with the big news cases being like track and field where um, you're not physically coming into contact right. with the other player. non-contact sport, yeah. Right, so, you know, we talked about it. If you go sport by sport, let's say something like football, like American football, yeah. which there aren't, as far as I know, maybe besides some, like, intramural-type things, women's football teams. Yeah, I think they did that in the 70s, actually. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that comes down yeah. to perhaps a safety issue, you right. know, I, if you're going up against 300, 400 pound linebackers, like yeah, that's a yeah. big difference. But in the sports psychologist in South Africa, you know, she was kind of throwing these things out. Like if you look at something, say swimming, track and field, those type of sports, like should you divide it time? Like if you can run, um, you know, an under four minute mile, everyone, you compete male, female in this. So if like, you, or so like weight classes, do, do you like golf? wrestling. You golf? No. Okay. I, I know <laughs> your husband, husband does, golfs. Yeah. And I, you know, so I, I, well, since I've had kids, I don't yeah. golf. But, um, when you do like most like club championships, they actually divide it into flights. There's like yes. the, there's the, the championship or the players or whatever. And then there's the open division and then you'll have a junior thing and then women's and sometimes for a bigger club, they'll even divide the women's into your, your best players. They do it by handicap. And that way everyone has a level to compete on uh-huh. but even then even in golf where like they still do that division you know and so and it's interesting you bring that up because we were just talking um i've learned so much about golf since being married to him like the different tee boxes mm-hmm. and what they would call the ladies tees uh and he was recently playing in a tournament and there were two uh young women who were college players mm-hmm. in golf and where men kind of have this stigma about playing at the ladies' tees, but yeah. might not necessarily be able to drive and yeah, play yeah. from the like, back. You probably tees. should be playing. From right. That. Yeah. So he said he was watching this uh, unfold in a tournament where these two college player girls were just like striping it from the back tees and just showing up these two kind of somewhat, you know, middle aged white men. Who yeah. really, he was like, they're golf where they were at in their skill should have been playing from the front tees, right. but because they're labeled ladies tees it's seen yeah as- and well and, you know and and i think it's the usga has been 
I used to work at Algonquian Golf Course, and so I kept up on stuff a little better because I was in the pro shop and I talked with the pro there a lot. But they were actually working to try to change the language because yeah. your red tees up close were women's or ladies. Then you have gold, which is seniors, like 55 and up or 60 and up. And then you have like your white tees, sort of regular playing golf. And then you have blues for if you're really good or you hit the ball far. And then usually like black mm-hmm. is like your pro or, you know, you're really good. You're a scratch golfer kind of deal. And what they're trying to do is get rid of that and, and basically set it up by how good are you. Like what's So if you're not that great, play from the closer one. Right. You're going to play better. You're going to score better. And maybe more yes. importantly for the business side, you'll play faster, which mm-hmm. means you don't – a round of golf shouldn't take you more than four hours, and it always does. Oh, my gosh. And, yes. and, you know, that, <laughs> that's why I haven't played. I got two yeah. kids. I'm like, man, I'm lucky if I can get out for an hour, let alone four. Um, but, you know, you make that division. That being said, like in golf, maybe that makes more sense. I don't know if you can like handicap a track meet like that though. Like, no, like can yeah. you put everyone on the same track and have the guys start from thirty meters behind? Right. Like, is that a reasonable solution? I don't know. You know? Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. And who and where and how is this going to start? Yeah. To change. Yeah, and 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 you know, and it's it's. In a way, it's separate from the other conversation because when you have a discussion of, say, sports or athletics, you're focusing in that discussion. There's plenty of psychology in sports, but almost all of that discussion focuses specifically on biological differences. Mm-hmm. You know, the average uh, stride, like the reason men and women use different height hurdles, is the average length of your stride and how high your hips are off the ground mm-hmm. on average. And you know, in looking this stuff up, like the I don't remember, if it, I don't think it's the record. I think it was like two or three years ago. They did this study, somebody did all this research at like Johns Hopkins or Duke or something, where they looked at the best women's time for like the 200 meter or something, and then they compared it to guys, and the fastest American women's time for like that whole year, for the last couple years, whatever it was, had been beaten like 14,000 times by men, including a lot of kids in high school. You have the fastest woman Mm -hmm. in the country, and you've got just fast kids, like males in high school being, and you go, all right. The fact, like, that's that's a thing you have to address. Yeah. And if you want people to have access to play and, and all that, then it makes sense to do some kind of division, whether it's by skill or by sex or whatever it is. That conversation probably doesn't need to factor into the rest of it, though, in terms of a person's access to pay or education right. or for a job. Like, the athletic piece is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's really fun to talk yeah. about. <laughs> you know, it's hard to think about when you actually look at the data. But that probably has no bearing when it comes to the broader like political issue of, you know, right to say family leave or fair right. pay and work. And it's one of those times we put them to it turns into the same conversation because it turns into the classic boys versus girls. Mm-hmm. But like they're not the same thing. Right. You know? Um you said you said the draft thing. Yeah. Do you do that in class? Do you talk with kids in the women's studies class about like, I mean, you, you point yeah. out like that's one of the, the things that people go like, well, but what if you right. did this, women would have to be drafted. Do you talk about that in class? Oh, yeah. And, you know, when I explained what the ERA was and um, I actually showed an interview clip where it was Good Morning America or the Today Show and it was Betty Friedan and Phyllis Schlafly debating the ERA and so Phyllis brought up the um, draft and you can see Betty Friedan here at the Feminist seat rolls her eyes like her facial expressions were a great knit 
And it's like, again, I like what you said, like don't accept someone's premise of their argument. Mm-hmm. You know, step back and just look at the draft in general. That's that's what I was just right. going to say. Like people say, like, well, should women be drafted? I'm like, first, should men? Should anyone be <laughs> right. drafted? And if you can't answer the first question, don't even try to answer the right. second one. And that's where like, should men and women be paid the same in soccer? Should they be playing separately? And then you go, well, uh, you can make the argument that I don't, I, I don't love this, but there is some truth in it. If the men are that much better at the sport, whether they're winning or not, if they're just that much better, you can make the argument that based purely on the skill on the field, Mm -hmm. you've earned some of that money. I don't know that that's fair, especially with advertising stuff. But then you go to, like, the draft issue, and, you know, it's immediately, should women be drafted? Like, hold on. Right. (laughs) Should anyone? Yeah. Um, 